It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hydroflow has a national team of technical and sales representatives leading the field with knowledge, sales support, service and delivery. Staying in to watch the sport? Let us cook. Get your Macca's favourites delivered with McDelivery. Kick back and relax. It's time for the run home with Kim and Beeve. Welcome in everybody to the run home. Yes, a very different voice. Um, usually about four hours later than what you normally hear from East Afternoons with Staffy host here, jumping in with the great man Beef. Very much looking forward to the run home today. Quick run through the Macca's menu. Um, and geez, I don't know that they could fit all of this on one of their boards as you drive through their drive through. Here we go. We're going to give you the headlines just to kick it all off. Um, uh, Beaver's Best will be pumping that all the show. Chance to win some coin. Brendan Popperwell, love B-Pops. Almost the feature interview every day. Greg O'Connor from Harness Racing New Zealand. The Silver Fox, absolutely love talking to Greg. Um, Beaver sees it. I don't know what he's going to see today. He sees things through a very different lens <laughs> to most of us. So I'm looking forward very much to that. Uh, Jeremy Paul, we've stolen him from my show. We're chucking him. I don't know if he's ever spoken to Beaver on the airways, but I'm just going to sit back and delight into. Uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if he ever played against them. I'll find out that shortly. Phil Duncan from the Meteorological Service. How bad's the storm going to be? Have him for a few minutes. It keeps going. Jermaine Tonor Brown from the Indigenous All. Stars. He's going to join us as well. Uh, we're going to preview UFC in the weekend and we've got giveaways deluxe for Call of the Week and uh, Beaver's Best Beaver. You're going to work me to the bone today. What a lineup. Oh, a huge lineup, Steph. But uh, first of all, thank you for your contribution already, uh, getting us a blockbuster headline five o'clock interview to Papa Beef Beaver, uh, <laughs> the great Jeremy Paul. Uh, of course, uh, I'd say he's Waikato's fame, most favourite uh, wallaby. Mm. Um, just edging out, of course, uh, Quaid. Um, and then uh, also, we can't wait for your impact on, I guess, the most popular segment in all of radio when it comes to winning a betting prize, and that is Beaver's Best. Um, I think we currently stand at 7 from 75. Uh, so since we've got the former face and brains of the TAB. Uh, I think this is an absolute free hit today. I couldn't imagine we will be struggling for <laughs> those perfect dollar seventy, dollar eighty five absolute lock ins that we uh, we love to fill up a beaver's best with. Well, the key here is volume. Like, there's no use just three or four people sending through because you need to we you know sort out the gold from the tin. 
right? So deluge us with your text. You know the story, double eight, double three. Get yourself involved in Beaver's Best. And I'm picking beef. Do you pick three legs and you pick one of the callers, but <laughs> they win all the chocolates? They win all the chocolates, but, I mean, it'd be a little bit arrogant of me to have, <laughs> as I said, a man with your pedigree, a man with your background, uh, not to give you one, uh, a, few of the punters, <laughs> a, few, a few of our punters and uh, Regular listeners will say, Beaver, probably give you all three. Um, but, I'll, you know me, I like to still keep a little bit of control. So you might even get two today, Steph. Well, we'll, uh, we'll see what you're thinking. We'll see how it plays. I'll have to earn my stripes, clearly. Have to earn Correct. my stripes. So Beaver's Best, double eight, double three. Get them in now. And I've, I've created a little Beaver's Best folder. And all those text messages that come in, the Tampa Bear Post text me, I'll put them all into the Beaver's Best folder. I'll critique them and I'll sieve them out to Beaver. And it may be a seeding order, Beef. Please. Yeah, we'll seed them. Okay, so a massive show, Beaver. Uh, We'll kick off with some headlines, actually. Why don't we do some headlines? Trade deadline for the NBA, and there's been movement deluxe. Um, Captain K's been doing handstands and flick flacks in the office as soon as he hears anything about Kevin Durant and uh, Kyrie Irving and all of these roosters. But Kevin Durant, uh, his opening line to the Phoenix media was this I'm Kevin Durant. You know who I am. I know who I am. <laughs> you know who I am. That says everything about Kevin Durant. I was going to say, always come across as quite humble, old Kevin. So, <laughs> so he's landed at the Suns. Yeah. Big, big, that'll be a big impact, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, I don't follow. I don't follow the basketball as closely. Um, clearly, you're in, a, in an NBA singlet, so I bow to your yes. superior knowledge, Beaver. Of or, course, albeit retro, you probably followed basketball back in the days. I followed it, but I, I know there's a lot of um, agitators. Uh, one which is Kyrie Irving, um, the Kevin Durant reaction from Kyrie Irving. Uh, you know, his business changes so quickly. Um, he's getting a little bit older. I'm getting a little bit older. I just love the competition now that we can be in the same conference, and, and I welcome all that. You know, get to see him a little bit more, probably playing against Phoenix a lot more, and um, that's what I'm looking forward to. Everything else in, in between, I, I just am glad that uh, he got out of there. Glad he got out of there. And by out of there, he means uh, our Shawnee Marks uh, mm. government team, doesn't he? Mm. Just glad he got out of there, just subtly right at the end. A bit like Scott Robertson's bullet right at the very start. Just subtle. Yes. Interesting thing about Kyrie Irving after his first match for them, he uh, walked out of the stadium and walked through the car park with all the fans in a suit and a sun hat. Making statements. <laughs> Making statements. Other big news, rugby news, actually. Alan Bunting, New Black Ferns, I don't know why they don't call him a head coach, but they call him the director of rugby. He was asked about his initial plans for the group. You know, I think that the first thing is the people, you know, getting the right people, you know, getting our leadership aligned and you know, looking, looking a little bit further forward to the World Cup and you know, deciding as a group what do we want to be, you know, what do we want to be at that time and then you know, we come up with our values and as a team and, and everyone's heading in the right direction, I, I think we can create something special. And you know, I've, I've always, always seen myself as looking after the modi of a group. I don't know how I end up there, I just do it naturally, and that's the life force, uh, the energy, and um, just steering everyone in the direction that we, we think we should go. So that's probably the plan. Of course, he was coaching in tandem with Wayne Smith, and they asked Alan Bunting about Wayne Smith's impact on the Black Ferns. I could talk for a couple of days around Smithy, and you know, he. He really put himself out there and, you know, he did something for an old mate, Laurie. Um, and, you know, he brought an absolute gift 
to our women's game. Um, just an empowering, attacking game that our ladies absolutely fell in love with. And, you know, it captured the hearts of me, our ladies, and, and a nation. And, um, and he knows people really well. You know, who cares? You know, and I think it's our responsibility to, you know, as individuals, me, individuals, as a team and as a nation to continue and build off, build off that. Thing about Alan Bunting for me, Beaver, is he's proven in the Maori, uh, sorry, in the women's rugby um, field, he he turned that women's sevens team into something pretty special. He obviously re- resonates with women's rugby, and I've got to know a few of the sevens girls, and they just cannot speak highly enough of him. He's probably a natural progression to the Black Ferns. You would have thought so, wouldn't you? Obviously, uh, did a did a great job, as you say, for the sevens, and uh, and now. With the role that they sort of had him doing with the uh, under, I guess, the tutelage of uh, Smithy and Ted and, and all the rest of it last year would have just been a learning, I guess, a learning year for him. And now, fully fledged, uh, got the control of the whole ship. So, no, I mean, not a bad, not a bad one to take over. That's for sure. Yeah, and I guess uh, they're just going for consistency, aren't they? They're, they're not a team that need a shake up from the bottom to the top or anything like that. It's a little bit of continuity. And the thing I liked about having Ted. And Wayne Smith, they got Chrono in there. Dan Carter spent some time with there. He probably increased his coaching, as far as the playing side of thing, his playing IQ and coaching IQ. He's got the culture stuff. He's got that buy-in stuff. So I think it's a great, great appointment of Alan Bunting. Uh, last night, the Warriors had their first preseason game. I loved it. I loved it. I know it's only West Tigers, and I know there were probably only three guys of the West Tigers' first team, but the unearthing of some of this talent from the Warriors, bear in mind, I, I get that it wasn't a strong Tigers side. I quite liked what I saw, B. Yeah, and uh, you still got to go out and do it. And, I mean, let's be honest, the Warriors didn't put out probably they, – they, they put out a few that aren't necessarily mm. – or weren't supposed to be there in round one either. So uh, well, I guess what it, what it shows – from a Warriors point of view, is the impact of Webster already. I think that would show that we, you can go out and not necessarily have all the, the big names directing the show, that they can go out, they all know their roles regardless of who's playing, which is a, which is a good sign for any team. And to really, I mean, to do an absolute job, I mean, the young you got to remember the young Tigers guys too, they would have been coming over, over with full of hope too because they've had... The, the wretched years they've had. They've been the whipping boys of the Sydney media for a good few years, and now they've got Tim Sheens and Benji Marshall, and they've got some big-name recruits, and all of a sudden they're getting talked up that they're going to be the big improvers. Well, I guess all of a sudden um, the Warriors start to pop their heads up and, and make us all, after one preseason game, <laughs> start to dream of finals football again. I'm not prepared to go as far as say it's our year. I think I tweeted out, um, good signs, I'm expecting a top 12 finish. Uh, because people like people always go top eight. Might yes. be a bridge. We just want improvement because I think Webster, you can't change a team in a two-month preseason, can you? You know that. No, but it's... Uh... I reckon, I reckon there was enough in it last night to say that we could be getting on the right page. Mm, mm, I agree. Uh, 22-year-old, hands up anyone who's heard of Quinn Sundy, who batted for the New Zealand eleven against England. He scored 91. I'm prepared to say I've never heard of him. Beef, you heard of him? <sighs> I haven't watched much of him. No, no. 
no. I'd, I'd be prepared to say you've never seen him because I don't think he's ever played in television. In fact, he's never had a first-class game of cricket. Finds himself taking guard to England, which had a lot of very accomplished batters. But my research tells me that Jacob, yes, our very own Jacob, used to play cricket with one Quinn Sundy. I'm Jacob, why weren't you playing for the New Zealand Rhythm? <laughs> Because, <laughs> well, back in the day, Steph, it's hard to uh, hard to believe, but I was a bit tubby, and uh, I think that kind of played a part in my uh, selection for future uh, representative teams. Uh, but however, and and also in my ability too. But um, yeah, so I actually used to play with play with them back in the day, and I asked my mum about it because obviously it was a while ago now. Um, and she said, yeah, no, he was a wicketkeeper back in the day and an absolute gun, obviously. Even then, and um, we went to different colleges because cricket splits off uh, af- after year eight in uh, school. So I think he went to Westlake, some like, you know, sporting college. I went to Long Bay, not a sporting college. So my career just tailed off uh, every year after that. But yeah, no, he was uh, an absolute gun and a North Harbour representative and representative of Auckland, I'm assuming, later on. Can you call it a career when you're 13? <laughs> I will. (laughs) That was a great career I had back in the day. I tell you what, I was was an absolute stunner on the pitch. Uh, Left arm, uh, left arm, orthodox spinner. Daniel Vittori. Daniel Vittori. Well, you've got the glasses. You're working on the beard. Yeah, true. That is true. I don't think I'll ever be able to grow uh, as great a beard as our old mate Dan. But yeah, no. So, so Jacob, your issue was fitness, and yet you talked about rolling. Of three or four meters, uh, yeah. and and slowly rolling the left arm over. Yeah, so I, I, I'd about. Have I'd you heard about... of a guy called Shane Warne? Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. Well, Shane was um, yeah, maybe it was focused too, because after about the fourth delivery, I just every now and again I'd just bowl a full toss. You know, it would it would just be off target, and that ball would always get me a wicket as well. The irony, mm. uh, but anyway. Wonderful advertisement for uh, is it Long Bay College? If you want to yeah. ruin your sporting career, <laughs> uh, go there. Hey, wonderful. I can't say that. Hey. I'm an alumni. I can't say that. It's yeah. a great college. Got, great college. You said, if, you said if you had gone to Westlake, you'd have probably been <laughs> making out oh, Joe okay, Root let me, yesterday. Let me, let me tell you a story about my uh, cricket career at Long Bay College. My coach was career. Um, There's that word again. I, <laughs> it was. It was. Um, so yeah, my coach at Long Bay College, uh, first 11, um, he was my classics and English teacher as well. Anyway, loved working out. And I tell you what, he was at square leg. He was the umpire every every game. And um, every square leg umpire, when he was at square leg umpire, he'd drop down and give himself like 15, 20, whenever the, like between balls, he'd just be pumping push-ups <laughs> like Kempe style. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so that definitely, I think he was more focused on that rather than coaching some days, but, <laughs> but, but anyway, um, Long Bay College, so great a, college. Great school. It's a great school. It's a great school. So it's, so it's mainly a CrossFit school, uh, <laughs> is that what you're saying, Long Bay? I didn't practice you're, much CrossFit. Yeah, yeah. I was a, a CrossFitter. Okay. But anyway, yeah. so there you the go, teachers. parents. If you've got any aspiring cricketers out there, parents that are about 12 years old, send them to Long Bay and they become assistant producers at radio stations. Yeah, it's a great job. I, I've got a career now, you can say. You have got a career. Thank you, Long Bay. Um, and the last bit of headlines, uh, we can't escape it, Jadija, um, tampering. Here's what I saw. Bit of something. I'm going to go a sticky resin was on the back of the hand of the other bloke. He walked up to him, wiped it off with his finger, um, spread it around his own fingers, a little bit on the ball, just to achieve a little bit more purchase on the ball. When he was spinning, it's doctoring. 
That's that's part A. Part B, they're saying they watered one side of the pitch to suit various things. Beaver, I don't know if you've seen it. Um, it was quite obvious to me. Quite obvious. <laughs> I guess as an Indian cricketer playing in India, you'd just like to think that uh, out of respect that you could get away with anything and um, the cameras wouldn't zoom in on anything like that. Um, and certainly the, the broadcast feed wouldn't zoom in on it. So... Um, yeah, a bit of a shame for the uh, Indian Indian cricketers that uh, potentially caught out. But look, do you feel sorry for Australia at the same time? No. Um, <laughs> that was quick. <laughs> play, play on, play on, Jadeja. I, I love Jadeja as a cricketer. So um, look, if he wants to rough a bit of a side up or keep one smooth, then for me, if you're playing the black caps, I'd have an issue. But no, no issue with this. I love that. Depends who you're playing, whether it's breaking the rules or not. I do love that. Hey, we're getting some good tips through for Beaver's Best Remember, uh, the one that's included from the list, and they will share in the spoils. So you can do a little bit of study, but get them in because I'm sorting through them. Uh, I've got about a dozen come through so far. So double eight, double three on the Tampa Bed Post text machine. Get your Beaver's Bests in. Um, he'll have some rippers. I'll try and find a ripper as well. And what, do you ever flog one off Greg O'Connor? Oh, touchy. Um, <laughs> yes, yes, we do. Um, but but it puts a lot of pressure on Greg, and it ruins it Greg's week and night if he knows it'll put it in and it doesn't come in. Yeah. Um, so. Um, yeah, well, we we d- we do one on a Thursdays on my show normally on a Thursdays called Show Me the Money Four Legger, and we had Young Finn, who's a bit of a cadet who's just coming in helping out, and he took a basketball game yesterday, dollar twenty nine, and they lost. Haven't seen him since. Is this, was it what was his name? Ian Smith was it? <laughs> his name's Finn Basimo, and he took uh, the Clippers at a dollar twenty nine, and they lost. I, I don't know. I reckon our constant chipping of Smithy and his uh, multis has really made him start to loosen the arms a bit. Because when he first started at SNZ and he had that daily multi, yeah. it, it lived between the dollar fifteen and the dollar twenty five bracket. Yeah. Now you see some real flair from Smithy um, and some big odds. So I think uh, a little bit of the run home. Constant badgering on the uh, some of these multis is uh, really starting to get him to, I guess, bet like he used to bat. Yes, and really, really swing the will over. Clear that front hip. Uh, double eight, double three. That is the temper bed post text machine. Get your Beavers best picks in there. We'll trawl our way through them as the show goes on. Uh, we will take a break and on the other side. We'll, we'll review a few of the early ones, I think, Beaver, yes. and we'll just dissect. So get them in right now during this little break, and we'll go through them one by one. You are on the run home with Stafford Beef today, and it is a big thanks to Rotoflex by Bloodstone. Uh, stability meets the freedom to move. Bloodstone. I always thought it was Bloodstone Beef, but it's actually Blundstone. And I had a little look at these boots, the old uh, Rotoflex. Boy, oh boy, they are like super technological boots, I must say. I looked at them and thought, they are. there's a lot of technology in those big puppies. I probably need to analyse them a bit more. I haven't had a chance to, uh, to run my eye of them, but uh, I'll tell you a word for them. Yeah, I went onto their website and they got the classic looking boots, but then you, I did a little search on the Rotoflexes. If you want boots, I'd go Blundstone, the Rotoflex. Comfy, heavy duty, you do some damage with those, but protect your feet. Um, now, 
A reminder, the Makita phone line is 0800 150 The Tampa Bear Post text machine is going off for Beaver's Best. A lot of horses picked Beaver. First thing I noticed, a lot of horses. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, no, we get a lot of horses in. And I, I couldn't help but notice, the uh, Fibula gets a, uh, a mention at Tarapa for a place tomorrow. Uh, and, the, and Mark's mentioned it's a B-Max horse. I didn't realise he was in on... The yeah, he's in on it, and he's going to be there. He's t- he's told the boys, "Oh, look, you can have the day off today because uh, <laughs> Terapa races." I think he's taking uh, a lot of the English cricket team to Terapa. So, if you want to train spot the English cricket team in Baz, get yourself to Terapa. Yeah, what a horse to own, eh? What an Thank absolute. You, Mark. There's actually another one here, uh, another Mark uh, Beaver's Best tonight, Addington Race Seven, Number Two, Lady of the Night, opened at twenty ones. Now into six dollars. Best ever draw at Addington. Desperately unlucky last start. Two things here: the value's gone. It was twenty-one. Yes. It's now six, which means the TAB will have a massive liability on that horse, right? So it's now paying under market value. So it might be a very good horse. But here's the other thing, Mark. Aren't you part owner of Manhattan? That's also running tonight, Mark. Could you text us through? And because <laughs> I, I was going to back Manhattan tonight, Mark. Um, Tell me whether I should or not. I know it's against all American lover. I'm going to talk to Greg um, O'Connor about that later. So mark a little text onto double eight double three about that. Um, so yeah, lots of ponies, lots of ponies here. There is a couple of uh, sports ones. Where's it gone? Where's it gone? Uh, here's a monster one here. Hey, Beaver and Staffy, this is from Carlos in Christchurch. Great man, Carlos, isn't he, Be Great yes. man, Carlos. My Beaver's best for you is EPL power play. London derby match. Arsenal versus Brentford. Arsenal to win, Arsenal most shots on target, and Arsenal most corners at $1.91. Arsenal were due for a win after losing a tight game away to Man City 1-0, and away at a desperate Everton 1-0 last week. They're unbeaten at home at the Emirates. They'll be up for this game, especially after Man City and Man United dropped points in the last round. Big thing there is, is Carlos and Beef, the detail he's gone into. Oh look, you had me at Carlos. To be fair, um, <laughs> Steph, we haven't had we haven't had a tip from Carlos for a while. Uh, maybe our, the first of the season for us this year, but he was prolific for us last year. We didn't always have to be able to use him because we like to share yeah. Beaver's best around. But he doesn't usually miss on his tips. He has one or two absolute beauties. He really finds some value in the Heartland Championship. Does he? Uh, yes, he's he's found some beauties in there in the past for us. Um, and of course, we had the. Uh, Great pleasure of meeting Carlos when we took the show on the road in Christchurch. So, uh, no, I will I will be very keen on running my eye over that one. He's uh, a very, very astute punter. Well, there you go. And the other thing, uh, because you're saying he doesn't, you haven't heard from him in a while, he just doesn't throw out a tip for willy-nilly. He only texts no. the show when he thinks he's got one. So, Carlos, I pre- oh, you're a fifty favourite to get into the uh, Beaver's Best, I'd say, <laughs> Carlos. I can see Beaver beaming. So, double eight, double three, get your text in for the Beaver's Best. I love the explanation of Carlos. See if you can match that and see if you can make the final cut. We will be back uh, after the news. And, of course, who's reading that? The great man, Johnny Mac. <laughs>
Just before we go to Brendan Popperwell from the TAB, big discussion here in uh, Central uh, Central Headquarters in uh, Parnell, Beaver. A big orange or yellow vessel has um, appeared on your screen. What are you consuming? Uh, at this stage, on a Friday, in this stage of the show, still just regulation water. Wow. Steph. Uh, yeah, no, no, nothing untold there. Um, professional still. Even on a Friday. Mm, Jacob said, I bet she's gone to get a chocolate milk. But no, but no, <laughs> you've gone water. Um, let's go to the mighty Waikato. Brenna Popperwell joins us. B-Pops. <laughs> Mark Stafford, uh, I had to check my watch there for a minute to see what was going on. but um, <laughs> I slept yeah. in this morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good afternoon to you. And good to hear that Beaver's nice and professional after 35 minutes into his Friday show. Oh, look, consummate professional. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, VP. I can't promise you it's going to stay that way. But uh, you'd think, what are the odds that the impact that the great Mark Stafford and all his pedigree and all his experience will have on Beaver's Best actually coming through this weekend? Yeah, look, there's a high chance of that happening, Beaver, I'd say. Um, I, yeah, you might be onto a winner here. So, Yes, I think it can happen, Beef. And if you uh, listen to the man and also listen to the people out there, uh, Carlos yes. sounds like he was onto, a, onto something there. So, um, yeah, it could happen, Beef. It could happen. And I'll tell you one thing. If you are looking uh, in terms of big money coming through, uh, the, the, the best guide I can give you for a big money push is actually on one of the horses uh, tomorrow uh, out of Tarapa, and that being Prowess. Now, she's going to go around at a dollar forty, but she has been absolutely pumped. Uh, I'll get the right race for you tomorrow. I think it's around race five or six. She's running number one. She won one of the big uh, Karaka Million races a couple of weeks ago out of Pookie. She won the three-year-old version of it. Uh, she does line up over 2,000 metres. She is rather short, but I can tell you we're taking a torrent of cash, and she's running through, I'd say, nearly about... Sort of 50% of our racing multis already so far. So race four, number one prowess, 150 to a dollar 40, and I would expect you'd start a lot shorter than a dollar 40. Well, Brendan, you could, yeah, I was just going to say, B, could you take could you take the pantyhose off and give us give us something with a little bit more value? <laughs> well, we, we can. <laughs> <laughs> find find well, something you... like a $3 shot, something like that, because don't keep it for yourself, mate. I know what you're up to. <laughs> well, how deep do we want to go into these, these pre-season games? Because I, I'm always very wary of, of these uh, pre-season games, and especially uh, with what we've been confronted with. But I will tell you this. We have had some money for a selection that Beaver found last night, uh, and that being St. Helens at $1.90. Uh, against the St. George Illawarra Dragons. The Dragons $1.83. Look, uh, we have had most of our money in that market around St. Helens. And the other one, uh, at a little bit more value, is the Cronulla Sharks tonight against the Newcastle Knights. Sharks two fifty. Newcastle Knights $1.48. We've had a couple of $500 bets on the Cronulla Sharks. Yeah, I can't go past St. Helens for mine. I just, uh, they haven't brought the under-20s, surely, all the way across the other side of the world. So they're gearing up for playing Penrith. St. George, as we mentioned yesterday, absolute rabble. It could be the pick of the weekend uh, as far as that dollar ninety goes. Um, how much have the Warriors shortened overnight, BP? Great question. <laughs> well, mate, I will say this. We have taken some money on the Warriors in the top eight market. Uh, they have been very popular this afternoon. 
uh, in the top eight, like, sitting around that that five twenty five mark, I think it was for the for the top eight. But um, yeah, look, there's been no drastic market moves or anything like that. But it's just there's been a steady stream of money uh, for the Warriors in that top eight market, uh, which is at what was it five twenty five. Uh, just back to that wooden spoon market we mentioned yesterday as well, Beef. Yes. Um, look, I, I'm a little surprised that where where the Warriors do sit in that market at six dollars and fifty cents. I mean, you spoke about the Dragons. I mean, the Dragons are, are, are potentially in a spot of bother with this their roster that they've got. Done nine dollars. Are the Dolphins going to finish last? Uh, favorites at three twenty though. Um, I mean, look, no, we well, don't know enough about them, do we yet? But I mean, are they the wooden spooners? No, they got a good enough pack, and Wayne Bennett there, uh, they'll find a way to avoid it. I was just going to say, you'll obviously be at Tarapa tomorrow. You can't tell me Baz is going to walk into Tarapa and let his horse not put on a show for his for his English mates. Surely that's the bet of the day. Look, look it's not the bet of the day, but I do think it's a bet, Steve. That's probably yes. the best way of putting it. I, I think he is... Uh, a very much an underrated horse for the Berati lines up in race six. He's runner number one. He's four dollars twenty. Now he's paying four dollars twenty and probably not two twenty because there are two very good three year olds in the race. That being sharp and smart. Look, he could be anything. He could be our next big boom horse in this country. Uh, he's three twenty. He's already won a Group One in Australia. And Wild Knight, uh, who ran second to Prowess in the three year old Kadarkaminian Classic, is three eighty. Uh, they're very much high-class three-year-olds. So he has to give them five kilos, but but he is a very good horse to liberate. And I would imagine with the right man aboard and Warren Kennedy, uh, Baz will have his pound sterling on, uh, and so will uh, his, his cohort. Um, so, yeah, I think I think he can go a big race tomorrow. Pops, I wanted to ask you quickly about the um, Six Nations. I see a potential Beaver's Best amongst these. Can you just sort of cast your eyes, particularly over the Scotland-Wales fixture? Um, I thought one team was very good last week, and I thought one of the teams was very poor last week, and particularly maybe in the point start of the Scotland-Wales, because I'm leaning towards, I don't think six and a half is enough. I think Scotland will pump them. Yeah, well, I'll say two things here. We've taken money in the 13 and over market for for Scotland at at $2.70. We've seen very good interest in that line. The favouritism is with Scotland 1 to 12 at 260, but we've seen a greater amount of bets around the 270 mark. And yes, uh, the point start line, we can't sell too many tickets, to be honest, here around the the plus 6.5 for Wales at $1.87 so far. uh, The the better bets have been around Scotland minus 6.5 at 187. They won 35 favourites. Wales three dollars and thirty cents. Uh, we've seen a fair few multis rolling through the dollar thirty-five. Punters believe that might be a bit of a lock. So, um, yeah, is that where is that where you're thinking of including one of your own here, staff? Yeah, well, I thought Scotland by sort of eleven, twelve, thirteen around there. So I can't I can't decide whether to go one to twelve or thirteen. So if I'm right, and you'd like to think. When you're making a decision, you're doing because you think you're right. Scotland by seven or more. That that one for me. Uh, they were brilliant last week at, at Twickenham. Now they go home in front of a packed crowd that watched them beat England at Twickenham. Oh, they'll have the thistles out. Yeah, they will. They will, mate. <laughs> in force. Um, Ireland one forty-five. Uh, France two dollars and ninety cents. Uh, best. Market guide I can give you here is around the point start again, and it's with France at the, at the plus five and a half, uh, currently sitting uh, at a dollar eighty-two uh, for for the line in that one for Ireland v France. 
Brilliant, B-Pops. You have a great weekend. I, I'm imagining, are you in studio or are you at the track at Terapa? You say you'll be at the track, eh? Oh, I'll get the track, yeah. We're going to do our best to try and get Mr. McCullum on as well and uh, have a chat to him about uh, his horse tomorrow. And, um, yeah, we'll be all there bringing you all the great coverage because, really, tomorrow is a super group one day of racing. I think it's the best fields we've carded for that race meeting for a long time. So if you're in the area, get along and watch. If not, tune into trackside. Good luck getting best, mate. I hope you got a good, a big appearance fee budget. Um, all the very best that you're getting up. It'll be brilliant. Thanks, buddy. Go well. Yes, mate. All good. Brendan or NZ, And as I always say, go to the Punter's Lounge. When you're on the app or on the website, go to the bottom, the Punter's Lounge. That's where all the boosted odds, the power plays, the, the insurance bets, the bonus backs, all of that, the whole shebang, it's all there. I think we're going to stick with the same thing, but we're going to put some carts behind the horses and talk to Greg O'Connor after this. You remember when we used to sing sha la Welcome back to the Run Home. Staffy sitting in for Kimberly on a Friday and Beef as well. It's time to go harness racing. And if you want to get amongst harness racing, it is hrnz.co.nz. The great man Gregory O'Connor joins us uh, just on the cusp of a very good night's racing down there at Addington. Gregory, welcome in. Yeah, afternoon, Staffy. Nice to be catching up with you. And it's nice to have Beaver in because... I don't know, I seem to have a run at the moment where I'm tipping winners every week that he's not there and someone <laughs> might need to talk to the boss because I think that's quite often. Can I go straight to the Group 1 Breeders' Stakes because we've got to tick off the most important things first and I'm seeing All-American Lover, uh, it's drawn outside the front row, it's been punted from threes into just above twos. Um, Manhattan's there, oh, can you tell me Manhattan at 11s and 3.30, is that a place bet or do we just go All-American Lover to win? Oh, look, she's got a, a great top four chance. Her biggest uh, asset, I suppose, is when she can find the front, Staffy, and when she gets there, she's very hard to beat. She's already run second in a group one in the Queen of Hearts back in December, but she's going to have her work cut out to be leading from there, whereas mm. All-American Lover, I can see where, the, where the, the confidence is coming from. The expectations are that she'll go forward if she gets the lead. On her performance two weeks ago, absolutely, she's the horse to beat, but I don't think she's over the line by any stretch. There's also been money for Lady of the Light, who's got barrier two. Absolutely no luck two weeks ago. And best roughie in the race, and this could be the play for you. Top four, Life's a Beach, number seven. Trained by Tony Barron, driven by John Morrison, who had an excellent season last season. has been driving very well. I reckon $3 is a tremendous top four play. So uh, that's the way I'd be playing the breeders. It's the first group one of the season in the harness. And uh, at Addington right now, it's about 21, 22 degrees. A bit of a wind about, but um, the track's in pristine order. They'll run some really good time in this race tonight, I'm sure. Now, Greg, I don't want you to beat yourself up about uh, recent form when I'm away and when I'm here. Uh, we all know you'll come right for me at some point. Uh Bit of a night for you. Is is it that top four for Life's a Beach? No, but you're going to love it, Beef. You love it when I do this. I'm really keen on one tonight. Like, really keen. Race nine, number five, Paris Prince. Guess who's driving? Oh, is our man Orange on it, is he? Our man's on. Our man's oh, on. Uh, brilliant. If you have a chance, and I know you're just going to trust me, you won't do this, Beef. I know this. Go to HRNZ, have a look at its last run, see how unlucky it was. Spoke to Blair yesterday about that. He said, 
wouldn't need to improve much to win this. So that'll do me. It's into $3.80, but that's a tremendous price. So I'm happy to be on race nine, number five, Paris Prince. I think that has to be the bet of the week for me. I am all over that. And tell me, you are starting to believe just after one preseason game two, the Warriors, it's our year? Uh, um, you have to at this stage. Every year is the same. But um, there's some good signs there. Yeah, there's definitely some good signs there. And there's some excellent signs for those who are selling the memberships to the Warriors because I'm picking that that would only help with that situation as well. There we go. Gregory with all of the oil. I've written down Life's a Beach Top 4 at 3s. And Paris Prince, I think, is 3.80. I'm going to make Beave decide between those two when we go for the Beaver's Best. Gregory O'Connor, always a pleasure chatting to you, buddy. Have a great night. It'll be fantastic at Addington tonight. Yeah, it's sure. We're always good to catch up with your Staffy. Don't forget, on Sunday, too, we have two harness meetings. Methvin race on uh, the grass. It's actually the Horrorata meeting. They've got a cup there, and just on a good field. Really deep sort of race. So I'd love to have something each way on Homebush Lad and that. And we've actually got dual harness racing because they're running the Riverton Cup. Well, it was going to be. They've got the trotters there anyway. Uh, the, the cup didn't get underway. But um, the first there goes at 12.19. They've got a 10 race program too. So next week, We'll have a whole lot more information around the big race, a race called the Chariots of Fire being run in Sydney, where our very own Republican Party will be taking on the Aussies. And, um, yep, we'll have the latest from Crandall Goody for you next Friday. Brilliant, Greg. Thanks so much for joining us, buddy. Greg there from harnessracing.co.nz. Remember, he hosts uh, Trot's Talk on Sundays between 11 and 12. Go nowhere, because after this, it's the much-sought-after opinion piece from our very own Stephen Donald. Hydroflow has a national team of technical and sales representatives leading the field with knowledge, sales support, service and delivery. Staying in to watch the sport? Let us cook. Get your Macca's favourites delivered with McDelivery. Hold on to your seats. It's The Run Home with Kim and Beave. This is how Beaver sees it. Well, we've reached that time of the year and what is it? Well, it's pre-season rugby. And to be honest with you, it's a time of year which some dread, some get excited about. When I talk about the ones who dread it, I mean, I'd imagine there's some seasoned campaigners who are just settling on next to the coach and says, give me the last 20 of the last preseason. That's all I need, coach. Then there's the coach themselves, probably in agreement with a few of those seasoned campaigners thinking, Fingers crossed we don't lose anyone that really counts because a preseason injury to one of your big dogs, someone who is result-enforcing, uh, is really a sickening blow. So therefore, so surprising when you look at this weekend's preseason fixtures that so many of our All Blacks, so many of our Paris hopefuls are actually turning out. Of course, preseason for the youngsters though, is a completely different kettle of fish. For many, this is their biggest time to shine. Their only time to shine, potentially. If you're squad number 30, 35, 40, I mean, the big squads these days, you could be squad member number 50. This might be the only game you play all year for the Chiefs, the Blues, the Hurricanes, the Crusaders, all the Landers. So, you get pretty damn excited. But yes, for many, this is, I guess, a necessary evil. S-E-N-Z. With that music, it's quite emotional.
You could almost say anything, Beeve, and I just, I'm just <laughs> I'm just reaching for my home knitted throw to cuddle up and be warm and just listen to you. I did say I did I, did, I literally just say anything. Um, <laughs> I can tell you it's five nil to the Chiefs against. Oh, they yep. are playing, aren't they? Yeah. That's right. Finau has scored the try. Gatlin's missed the conversion 20 minutes into the game. So they must have started at 4.30ish or something like that. Yeah. Keep your, big, te- yeah, keep, keep your text <laughs> coming in. Uh, for Beaver's Best, double eight double three is the Temper Bear Post text machine. We've got a screed to get through, but keep them coming in because the right one's going to get picked and you can win all of the chocolates. You're on the run home with Staff and Beaver. We'll be back after the news. On the run home, Staff and Beeve here, keeping you coming if you just clocked out from your five o'clock drive. Welcome to the snarled up motorways in Auckland and the free driving in the back blocks if you're a country driver. Thank you for joining us on the Macca's menu today. Well, just for the next hour anyway, and remember you can get your Macca's favourites delivered by Mac Delivery. Uh, we're going to catch up with Phil Duncan. Is the cyclone going to hit us and how, how bad's it going to be? Uh, we've got our Razine Colourful Moment of the Week. We're going to talk to Jermaine Tonoa Brown out of the Indigenous All-Stars. But right now, something pretty special. It's time for the Jeremy Paul Show with your hosts, Mark Stafford and Jeremy Paul. Jeremy Paul Show. Oh, making his debut in the run-home slot out of Australia, New Zealand's favourite wallaby with his Tokoroa roots, Jeremy Paul. Welcome in, Jeremy. Please let me introduce you to Stephen Donald. Oh, the beaver. Hey, there how there. are you, Get mate? Boys. What, what a time slot to be on. And, mate, hey, beaver, did you like that intro? Yeah. Well, real intro, wasn't it? Well, now I know why you come on every week with Steph when you get that sort of carry on. <laughs> He's a paid up I member. play that, man. That's like I walk into my bedroom and it plays. Like it just automatically plays. The Jeremy Paul Show. There it is. How are we, uh, boys? Oh, we're well. I mean, what are, you, what are you doing on a Friday afternoon? It's getting late in the piece now, wouldn't you? I would thought you'd have clocked off and the last thing you'd be wanting to was be so analytical with a cup of... Real rugby journos here in New Zealand. Oh, bro, I didn't really get a choice. Staff just sort of said, mate, can you fill a different time slot? Of course I've slotted off work, mate. You don't work past three o'clock in Australia. But, um, <laughs> mate, no, it's an absolute honour to be talking to everyone on their drive home, stuck in traffic. Um, yeah, been in Auckland at that time. And it's, yeah, she's, she's tight. She's a little bit like Sydney, that's for sure. And that's where you're based these days, mate? Mate, yeah, just up north on the central coast, actually, about an hour and a half north of Sydney, out of the traffic, up near the beaches. Um, mate, beautiful part of the world. Actually, that the cyclone hit us last night. Um, I just heard on the news that it might be coming over your way. It was pretty pretty hectic. It was, it was full on. Power went out, everything. It was crazy. So hope you guys don't get it. You know they're uh, they're all set for Sunday or Monday over here. What's uh, what are you up? Are you doing much with footy these days, mate? Or are you just parked up there, mate? No, I when when you when you criticise rugby Australia too many times, bro, <laughs> uh, and you and your Nostradamus, Nostradamus, yeah, that's him. That's the that's same bloke, Nostradamus. Isn't it? Yeah, that that bloke too. <laughs> um, 
when you predict what's going to happen and you continually say it, they don't really like you too much. Um, so, yeah, I, I dropped away from the rugby side, mate. Look, I, I had enough um, internal politics, um, administration issues. Um, yeah, and there's no pathways actually in Australia. That's Look, it's not just for players but for coaches, referees as well. Um, we're very limited in our options with respects to the coaching side of things because over New Zealand, right, like you, you could jump into the local, um, you know, competition here there in Auckland and you've you probably got out of the 14 sides, you've probably got 11 that are, that are competing and the coaches have probably done NPC as well, at least over five years' worth of experience. Um, we don't have a national comp. We basically have our our two premier grade competitions in Queensland and New South Wales and that's it. Like so we we're limited not just from a playing stock but also a coaching stock and and as I can see there's there's a lot of lot of a uh, lot of chat going on in New Zealand about the all black coach so yeah. Ooh. Yeah, well, it's, it's only just been pushed uh, back to the front page since uh, your old mate Eddie showed up in Australia again, to be fair. Oh, and another beaver, mate. Another beaver. <laughs> but, well, his nickname, well, his middle name's Menzies. So there's a... Oh, is it? Uh, an old, yeah, there's an old prime minister here called Beaver Menzies. So he got nicknamed Beaver and... Oh, mate, look, it's it's the best thing that could have... It's actually one of the smartest things Rugby Australia have done for a long time, and I applaud the decision. It was... Look, I, I felt for Dave Rennie. Dave Rennie has done an exceptional job. Um, unfortunately, his results... Like, if he if he had, if he had gotten the results, they probably wouldn't have looked at the option, right? And someone like Eddie Jones would never have been available at that time. Like in nine months' time or ten months' time, if we continued on the same trajectory of our of our win loss record, then Dave Rennie was always probably going to end a, end his tender. So it was always a strategic decision to get Beaver in and and look Eddie Jones for me. It, look, it's not necessarily about the playing though. Like it's it's the relationships that he will be able to create internally. So. Look at the All Black system. Everything trickles down from the top down to the bottom, all the way down to grassroots rugby, like technically anyway, um, and the style of play. That doesn't happen. We're so disjointed in, in Australian rugby. We've got coaches on on different sort of pathways in terms of, of technical teaching, you know, scrum, line-out, tackle, um, the more the, the jackling side of things. It's it's all different. And so something someone like Eddie Jones will come in and, and he he's got to bring all the stakeholders together, and I think that's his that's his major role with this. Like his major role, um, of of course, is to win games. But I think if we can get everyone on the same page, that will make his job a hell of a lot easier. Yeah, mate, when you, when you talk about your pathways and stuff, like I'm thinking back to you as great Brumbies crew of yesteryear and that, I can only think of. Uh, Old Bernie Larkin was the only one that's really gone down that path. And obviously you guys would have had a rather intelligent crew and you certainly played intelligent. There, there weren't any others that sort of went down the coaching route? Oh, look, there, there were a few. Owen Finnegan, uh, Billy Young. Um, I started to go down it as well, mate. But I, again, it was the pathways. Like you, you had to go overseas to to further your career. And that was always a difficult like situation, particularly with a young family having just come off professional rugby for such a long time. 
and particularly playing in a time when there was no social media or, or camera phones, right? Like it was, it was arguably the greatest, the greatest generation of all time to play. I actually, people, people actually often say to me, mate, what was it like playing in your time? And I go, oh, look, it was like the 70s. And they still don't get it, right? Like, so I try to, I use this analogy, like there's this, there's this amazing um, uh, situation where Blockbuster, the CEO, had the opportunity to buy Netflix for $90 million and said no and so like if you look at that situation and that ceo at the time there's no way he could envision what the world was going to be like in a few years time and that's what it was like for us like we were blockbuster basically like we didn't think that you would have this scrutiny and this and this social media or this outlet to be able to not only criticize but also obviously you know worship the rugby players as well or sports people so you know that that's for me the we could never envision what the world was going to be like like when we were playing and i think that sort of showed on how we played as well like we were pretty fearless in how we played and but from an intelligence point of view yeah it was always that used to be all the cappuccino sets we used to have at the local uh, at the local restaurant we'd have coffee every day we'd be sitting there there'd be Greg, stephen larkham Owen finnegan myself justin harrison and we'd be using salt and pepper shakers and going well man if he if that stephen donald bloke runs there and you've got at the back stephen donald he's got no pace so he's got to pass it so um and his and his big big easy Tolomarco at the back, he's a bit slow. He won't get to that first breakdown. George Smith, you get onto that breakdown. So it was it was the old salt and pepper shakers, man. Like it really was. And it was something that because Canberra's also too, you've been there so many times, mate. Yeah. There's nothing to do there. Like there's nothing. Like I remember Tana Rumunga said to me, bro, why is Canberra so boring? Like that's just the way we like it, man. That's just the way and there was nothing it was conducive to play sport. So uh, that's where the camaraderie came from as well. I was going to say, talking about camaraderie and uh, and uh, probably happy that there was no social media and, and phones for the majority of it. I, I was lucky enough to cross over one of the boys you mentioned there and play a year with the great Georgie Smith at Suntory Vere a few years ago. One of the greats. Jorge, like the Spanish word for George. He was just, man, it was unbelievable. Like he... He couldn't do a beat test. Like, it, we would giggle as soon as level eight would come up. Like, you're still basically walking, jogging, right? Like, and you just see the head wobbles with, with Georgie Smith. Like, and you start seeing the body start moving. The, you'd be sweating profusely out. Like, and, and around about eight and a half, like, this is where 11 year old kids would average. He, 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 would, he would pull out. Like, he literally was on $100,000 a level. Like, that's what he was. His beep test was horrible, but his game sense, man, like you just never played with a guy that, like I was was very incredibly fortunate to play with the players that I played with. Like it wasn't just some of the best for Australia, but some of the greatest of all time. And I look at Georgie Smith and his game sense, like it was quite freakish. Like we would do our 3-2-1. He won nine out of 10 Brumbies players awards when I was there for 10 years. And you, 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 on a Sunday, like you go for recovery and they go, oh, three, two, one, and you go Georgia Smith. Then you would review the video on Monday in a cassette player, mind you. And you'd review the video and you just, then you'd see all the little things he'd do. Like, 
like you know at the at the back of the line out he would just stand in front of someone so they they would take an extra like couple of seconds to get to to Stephen Larkham at 10 which would create the gap for Mark Gerard on the inside like it's just it was the little things man his attention to detail and his game sense was phenomenal like and he was he was made a plasticine as well right like his durability was incredible yeah <laughs> one question and again on the social media thing JP and I'm going to la- allow you to do to use aliases and smoke and mirrors can you regale us with maybe a yarn you're pleased didn't make it to a camera phone or an Instagram or a Twitter story from your playing days that you think, geez, looking back. Oh, God. Well, okay, it's five o'clock, I suppose. I can tell the story. <laughs> well, look, I, I, used to, I, could, I can tell the story because my current wife, she was only nine at the time. So. <laughs> um, um, that's right, still a legend. Um, but, um, in the 99 World Cup, actually, when I was – I met this young lady. She's she worked at a place that didn't wear much and <laughs> holes everywhere. But anyway, um, and so a lot of a lot of rock stars used to go there. I was actually there one night when Prince walked in and shut down the whole club. You know, Prince, formal symbol, that that bloke. He mm. he walked in with this whole entourage, and we got kicked out. Anyway, she's come back to Australia, hung out with me for a couple of months, and. And we'd sort of seeing each other. She goes back and I was like, oh, I don't know about this. Like, yeah, it was, it was a tough one. Anyway, she's rung me up one morning. She had a few to drink. And she goes, you wouldn't believe who was in tonight. And I go, oh, who was in? And she goes, oh, Leonardo DiCaprio and David Swimmer. And I go, oh, okay. Now we're talking Leonardo 2000. Yeah. Like we're talking Titanic hot. And... <laughs> And she goes, he asked me and three other girls to go back to his hotel room. And I was like, for starters, who's that greedy? But anyway, <laughs> he, she goes, no, I can't. I've got a boyfriend back in Australia. And I went, I went hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Are you telling me I am better looking than the sexiest man in the world? Are you? And then I went, there's not a chance in the world I would have slept with him. So it's like... <laughs> So that that relationship ended pretty quickly. <laughs> oh, JP. Oh, JP, that is absolute gold. Yes, it is just after five here. But we do simulcast into Australia, I should warn you. <laughs> and we do podcast as well. <laughs> mate, I don't mind, mate. I'm an open book. I don't care anymore. I don't answer to anyone. So I'll say whatever I want. Uh, brilliant. Hey, JP, as always, fantastic to have you on the station. And your debut into the run home has been absolutely good. Love listening to you and Beef have a chat. Enjoy your weekend, buddy, and we'll catch up again. Thanks, boys. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Awesome. JP, the Jeremy Fulcher, absolute gold, isn't he, Beef? Oh, absolutely. And there's uh, Brumby's teams. Mm. He was a part of. They were another level. Did you play, like you played with George yep. Smith? Did you play against George Smith? Or yeah, yeah. When you yep. started, was that the end of Greg and Larkin, Finnegan yes. and Harrison and all of that? Yep, yep. So definitely crossed over with Greg and Larkin because that was, I guess that was absolute fantasy world stuff. Mm. Larkin was always the one that I rated as, you know, people say, oh, what's your toughest day out? It was being a young whippersnapper going up against... Larkham, and I remember playing them. You know, people people often say, "Let's bring back daytime rugby." I can assure you, as a twenty-one-year-old ending up in Canberra, 
and going up against a backline that included Gregan, Larkin, Mortlock, Gateau, Roth, Gerard, and Rathbone. I couldn't, care, I couldn't care two hoots about uh, daytime rugby. Quite frankly, I would have taken a 7.30 kickoff with uh, snow and hail coming in sideways because that's when they also had a Wallabies pack, including your, your Jeremy Pauls and, uh, and, and Smiths and what have you. And that's, that was probably the day that you really felt inadequate. Uh, <laughs> like, as a 21-year-old, and these guys were just humming along. And it just... The amount of time that Larkham and Gregan played with, like you were caught, you were caught watching. Mm. It was just, it was a great education for me. I mean, admittedly, at the time, trudging off uh, Bruce Stadium that day, like, wow, I'm a long way from this. <laughs> I've had and, a clinic uh, there. Yeah, and, uh, and and we were we were battling at the time as a, as a Chiefs team, and I just remember thinking, jeepers, mm. I just want to go and be that guy now. Mm. And uh, yeah, they they were a pretty special team, and they were at full cry. Mm, fantastic, fantastic. And that was our Maccas feature interview of the day. And gosh, well worth it. If you've just tuned in, go back and listen when that's podcast up in the next few minutes. Uh, Jeremy Paul, a great chat. Uh, you're on the run home with Staff and Beef today. Uh, a little bit different for us. And that is a big thanks to Mac Delivery. Uh, after this, Weather Watch. What's going to happen this weekend? How wet are we going to get? And do we have to get out the hammers and nails? Phil Duncan will join us after this. Well, there's a fairly serious weather system bearing down on New Zealand and very gratefully, uh, Phil uh, from Weatherwatch has agreed to come and have a chat to us just for a couple of minutes. Phil Duncan from Weatherwatch. I've just clicked on your website, Phil. Could I just say it looks pretty scary? Yeah, it is a little bit concerning. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, it's a pretty big, pretty big storm and... You know, you're certainly seeing Net Service um, really lift up their language over the last day or two about this storm as well, which is good. You know, we, we want um, the Net Service, the government forecaster, and us in the private sector to be on the same page in these severe weather events, and, and we absolutely are. This is looking like a pretty big event for the North Island and maybe perhaps our biggest um, cyclone that we've seen in the north of the country since the 1990s, since cyclones uh, Drina and Fergus. I know there's a little bit of crystal ball gazing has to go on with this, but can you equate the ferocity of this compared to what Auckland, Northland, Coromandel suffered um, not that long ago? So it's a really different set up. Basically, to keep it really simple, that the flooding that occurred over those regions a few weeks ago was a squash zone. That's basically just a, a windy nor'easter that blows for a week, and where it's windiest, you've got rain stuck there, and it just was slow moving. And on top of that, for Auckland, there was a thunderstorm that, that stalled. So that was a very different setup to a massive storm that's you know, rolling in and, and moving through the atmosphere, and that is going to affect a number of different parts of the North Island and maybe parts of the South Island too as it sort of rolls uh, through, the, through the north of the country. So it's a very different setup, and so that means for some parts of Auckland it may not be as bad. So that, it's not all bad news, but it also means for many other regions it may be far worse. So it's, it's going to be um, you know, spreading the load further afield, if you like. So a bigger wingspan to this storm. Yeah. 
Yeah, and what happens is when it, when it gets um, into the New Zealand area, you often hear the term ex-cyclone. What it means is it's ex-tropical, extra-tropical. So the middle of the storm, when it's in the tropics, that's where all the attention is, right? You're all, that's where the damaging winds are and um, the, the most problems occur. But when it gets down to this part of the world, it all changes and the um, centre gets bigger and the severe weather doesn't, it sort of drops down a wee bit from the severity, but it spreads out to much more uh, places. So that's why it's a bit different to in the tropics where we talk about the eye of the storm. Down here, it's not about that. It's about the entire southern half of that storm moving through, which means if you're looking at the tracking of it and you're seeing lines of where it might go, go another 700 kilometres south of that. That's the area that can have severe weather. Thanks for the warning, Phil. Phil Duncan from (laughs) Weather Watch. I really appreciate your time. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Cheers, buddy. So uh, keep a watch, people. It could get nasty. But to sweeten the weekend, Beaver's Best Beaver, I've seen you studying the Tampa Bear Post text machine. Let's get through some. Oh, absolutely. They are they are flooding in. Um, here's one here from John. Uh, Multis, Scotland 1-12, 260 into England 11-20 versus Italy at 340. Equals eight eighty for beef. Yes, thank you, John. I I like the I like that Italy one because I don't think England is quite deserving of the nineteen and a half points start that the tab are giving them at the moment. Um, one for Staffy's stock up. Ooh, oh, Staffy's naming rights already. Uh, we'll talk about that <laughs> in the ad break. Uh, Tarapa tomorrow. Race four, number four, contagious. Top four, loves a good track and with a very good jockey on board. That's from Chris. I'll have to talk to Staffy, our resident racing expert in the ads around that one. And, and what I like here is they're starting to come in and it's a bit different from our usual, but both Kerry and Jason both have alluded us to the fact that a saloon title is on the line and you can bet on it this weekend. Uh, Chris Cowling, top three finish in the New Zealand Super Saloon Champ Speedway, paying a nice $1.80. I am no expert on the, the saloon title, but I love the fact that we've got something different here. And, and two uh, different people. Two different people have both got into it. So we're going to have to have a look at these uh, these odds here because, uh, geez, I like it when we go something a little bit different. A mm, couple of super saloons there, Jason and Kerry. Got a race eight, Addington, horse five, mega rock, top four, four bucks. Should step well and run in the four. Cheers, boys, for Beaver's Best, Simon. I've got a concern with your text, Simon. Should step well. I'd rather that would say will step well. You know when someone's talking about stepping well, though, they know they know what they're talking about. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> that's a little bit of lingo that sets you apart from the rest of us hacks, that's yes. for sure. Jamie from Monica says, uh, Beaver's best is Travis Kels to touch down and Chiefs to win Super Bowl 375. We're going to have to chuck a Super Bowl in, aren't we, Beaver? It's the biggest thing in the planet. I think Jamie from Monica is actually a very heavy man when it comes to the uh, NFL. I don't think that's his first uh, tip on the NFL <laughs> from Jamie from Monica. I think he quite often pipes up with one from, from that side of the sporting world, so he'll have to look into it. Obviously knows his NFL. Kansas City. I always like the Outsiders in Super Bowl. Mm. I don't know what the odds are, but it seems remarkable how many times the Outsiders often win Super Bowl. Just a sneaky Outsider. I think it's something like 182, 197. Uh, yes. Kansas City Chiefs. I'm a big Pat Mahomes fan. Someone here, uh, Carrie, has said, Kansas City Chiefs 1-12, 272. Let's go Beaver and the Chiefs. He's uh, a play see, on words. You see what he's done? Yeah, I see what he's done there. And don't worry, I have actually... 
have actually looked at that myself and thought I have to be on the Chiefs this weekend, even though I did meet the uh, the Philly captain who talks to the Breakfast Boys a few weeks ago, and mind you, he he really won me over with his enthusiasm for all things life and Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, absolutely. And another one for Chris Cowling in the Super Saloons. Uh, I tell you what, the Speedway buffs have jumped into this. So get involved in Beavers Best. Double eight, double three is the Temper Bear Post text machine. Get yourself involved. It's going to be juicy. It's going to have variety. It's going to have a multitude of sports, and I haven't seen Beaver take his nose out of the page where he's doing a study <laughs> of what's going to be included in Beaver's Best. Get yourself involved. Double eight, double three. We'll take a break. Johnny Mack is here. For Razine, New Zealand's most trusted paint brand for the past 11 years, it's time for Razine's most colourful sporting moment of the week. Four seconds separating shot clock and game clock. Westbrook looking for James. He's got it. Coming to the end of the third quarter. LeBron James, a shot in history. And it is! LeBron stands alone! The NBA's all-time scoring record now belongs to LeBron James. Uh, I just want to say um, you know, thank you to the Laker faithful. Um, you guys are one of a kind. Um, to be able to be in the presence of such a legend and great as Kareem, it, it means so much to me. It's very humbling. Um, please give a standing ovation to the, to the captain, please. Um, to my beautiful wife, my daughter, my two boys, my friends. My boys, my family, my mother, all my, man, everybody that's ever been a part of this run with me the last 20 years, 20 plus years, I just want to say I thank you so much because I wouldn't be me without y'all. All y'all help, all y'all passion, all y'all sacrifices helped me get to this point. And to the NBA, to Adam Silver, to the late, great David Stern, I thank you guys so much for allowing me to be a part of something I've always dreamed about. And... Um, I would never, ever, in a million years, uh, dreamt this even better than what it is tonight. So, thank you, guys. Good editing there, Jacob, getting rid of the F-bomb that LeBron uh, did around the world. Stopping the game in the third quarter for about 15 minutes for a celebration. It was almost like the game was over, but you've only in America. Yeah, and they didn't win it either. No. Uh, so, (laughs) So, for the Lakers, maybe it was over. Um, maybe he had assured the boys I am throwing some party tonight, which we heard about, about later on yesterday. Mm. Um, so maybe boys were distracted. Uh, it was all about one thing yesterday, wasn't it? I was trying to remember if I've seen a sports stop, and I do remember, and I'm, I think I'm right in saying, uh, people will put me straight, uh, Richard Hadley's 400th wicket, I think was at the Basin Reserve, and they stopped the game, and someone came out and presented him with a bouquet of flowers or something like that. I think I'm right in saying that. Um, that's the only time I can remember a game being stopped. But LeBron, one of the greats. And just the other colourful moment, we touched on it earlier, was um, Jadeja. Uh, ball tampering, finger tampering, questionable behaviour. Very colourful. Uh, I think the colourful moment will probably be next Wednesday when the ICC says got nothing to answer for. That will be even <laughs> <Yeah>. more colourful. <laughs> the ICC or is it the, is it the BICC that runs uh, that show? Is it, what's the Indian Cricket Board called? Uh, they are called the the 
BCCI, yeah. BCCI. Yeah, there's always lots of Cs. But yeah. world cricket might have something to say and Indian cricket would go, shut up, ICC, and ICC would go, okay, we'll be quiet. Um, yes, there sir. we go. Um, <laughs> stick around now. We've got one of the participants in tomorrow night's uh, Māori All-Stars against the Indigenous All-Stars, which is live commentary here on SENZ. Sammy Hewitt and Tony Kemp will bring you play-by-play of that. But Jermaine... Tonoa Brown, uh, out of the Indigenous All-Stars. He'll be joining us right after this break. Welcome back into the run home. Staff and Beef today, no Kimberly, no Kim, no Mitch, it's just me. And we have a massive game of rugby league tomorrow in Rotorua, the Māori All-Stars taking on the Indigenous All-Stars. I think it's a fantastic game, very much looking forward to it. And we have the commentary live here for you to enjoy. And joining us now, one of the Indigenous All-Stars, uh, Jermaine Tonoa Brown joins us. Uh, welcome in, Jermaine. Hey, how's it going, brother? Thanks it's, for having me. It's good, man. You're 24 hours away. Uh, butterflies, excitement. Where are you at? This close to kickoff. Uh, yeah, I think I'm just a uh, little bit of butterflies, but just more excitement, really. Um, just can't wait to get out there and um, you know play on on this big stage and this big event. Um, you know, it's going to be a special occasion. So yeah, can't wait to get out there. Can you explain the different motivations between playing for um, your Indigenous heritage versus playing for an NRL club? How do the motivations and the emotions around that differ? Um, I think, you know, obviously playing for your your Indigenous heritage, you know, I think it just probably means a lot more. It's, it's a lot more than just a game of footy as, like, you know, NRL. Um, you sort of just play every week and it's just... Um, you know, you're just going out there sort of not playing for yourself, but there's not as much um, motivation, I guess, as your heritage. You know, we're going out there and um, playing for our culture and our people and uh, everyone that's come before us. So there's a lot more motivation uh, for this game, yeah, for sure. Yeah, touching on the different emotions, uh, what does it mean to your Indigenous side of your family when you put that jersey on and represent them? Oh, you know, just just seeing how proud it makes them, you know. Um, obviously, in Australia, uh, my Indigenous heritage, you know, um, like my nan was part of the Solon generation, and um, she's passed away now. Um, so, to represent her and um, I guess just all that side of my family, um, you know, it makes me proud. And obviously, you know, can play for you know eligible for the Maori team as well. Mm. Um, both sides are yeah. You know, both sides of the family support me either way and the way I see it, you know, even though I'm wearing the Indigenous jersey, I'm representing both cultures at the end of the day too. So, but yeah, definitely proud to represent my Indigenous culture, yeah. How important is this annual clash on the rugby league calendar for the Indigenous people in Australia? Oh, it's massive, you know. Um, just you see all the, you know, we got to go out and see all the kids in the community there in Sydney on uh, last weekend and just seeing how much joy and excitement it brings you know just us fellas um, when we go out there to the communities and you know these kids you know some of them come from rough upbringings and what what not you know but you know looking up to us and you know footy something that brings us all together and um, you know just gives us you know gives us a lot of joy and hope and um, you know us doing our part by you know playing this game and getting out into the communities just you see how important it is to 
all the mob back in Australia. It's yeah, it's an unreal week to be a part of. You probably don't get a big pre-season with this Indigenous crew. So can you tell us about uh, the camp that you've had, the trainings you've had, and, and what style of play your coaches are going to encourage in this clash tomorrow? Yeah, obviously, you know, it's a lot to try to, you know, cram everything into a week. Um, you know, it is a pretty busy week, uh, but it's it's been one of the most enjoyable weeks, you know, I've had. And this is my fourth All-Stars now, but this has probably been the most enjoyable camp um we've just done a lot of a lot more culture and you know learning about our culture and embracing it more um especially coming over here to new zealand and seeing you know the maori culture as well and how strong it is over here that's something that's been you know i think everyone's really enjoyed that um but it's been yeah a great camp um i think training wise you know our coaches have just like we know we've got the talent and the ability there we've got all the players um it's just about that connection really and um, you know, we've built that throughout the week in, in camp by just getting to know each other um, and just going out there and playing. We know, we know we know how to play the game, so it's just staying connected during the week and hopefully take that onto the field. And, of course, you've got Māori heritage as well, sort of a foot in both camps, so you'll appreciate the strength and the pride of Māoridom in Rotorua, the venue for this All-Stars game. What are you expecting from this Māori All-Stars team? Oh, you know, I think, you know, um, being back here in New Zealand for them, you know, um, they'll have they'll, they'll lift another level for sure. Um, getting to play, in, you know, in front of all their, their family and their whānau back here, um, you know, I know that'll be pretty special for them. And, um, you know, I'm expecting them to come out, you know, firing. So we just got to be up for the challenge and I, I think we can do it, yeah. I want to ask you a non-rugby league question on our departure, Jermaine. Uh, Tonoa Brown joins us. Yep. Do you follow a super rugby team at all and or, or a favourite sort of super rugby player or international rugby player that you quite enjoy watching? Well, I don't know. Um, Not allowed to say Roger to have a shit because he's a leaguey, okay? Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was going to say Roger, Roger you know, um, just because playing with him at the Warriors, you know, seeing him transition into rugby, you know, I've just, you know, supported him on his journey, so, um, but yeah, lived in Auckland for a bit, so I'll just, I'll say the Blues, but, um, yeah, I'm not too, yeah, I'm not a, not the biggest fan of, of the Super Rugby, but, you know, I watch it every now and then, so, yeah. Good man, Jermaine, <laughs> look, I know you're going to represent your family, uh, the whole Indigenous, indigenous community, which all comes through, through you wearing that jersey, um, it's a very proud game for a lot of you, I know, and I, and I enjoy watching your passion. So enjoy tomorrow night, and we wish you all the very best. Yeah, thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Brilliant. Jermaine Pounoa-Brown, um, part of the Indigenous All-Stars, and as I say, he uh, we are bringing you the commentary from 5 o'clock uh, tomorrow, Beef. Um, very well-spoken young man and knows it's more than a game of league. Yeah, absolutely, and... Uh... It would be a funny week as far as the preparation goes because mm. uh, obviously it's an educational week and a promotional week on as much as the game. So I guess it'd be one of those games you get to the end of it and you're like, now we're going to knuckle down and probably play a bit of footy because uh, obviously so much promotion and, and as you said, so much education around it that it's um, which which is what it was obviously designed for to bring bring attention. Uh, it's been interesting listening to a few snippets from the Indigenous side of things about the impression of being over here and mm. uh, and seeing the the Maori the Maori All Stars and the, and, the, and I guess where Maori is sits already in New Zealand's uh, society I guess 
probably not such a probably a leg up as opposed to what they're having to sort of start from in Australia, which is uh, I guess it's, it's there for all to see as far as uh, that goes. Mm. Looking forward to that match, and as I say, live commentary here from five tomorrow. Um, someone's actually sent through for Beaver's best B from Cookie All Stars game. Either team one to twelve at a dollar seventy eight. Cookie, 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 cookie. I like that. Might have come in with someone there under the radar. Hey? That's good. I really enjoy that. That's good from you, Cookie. Double eight, double three. Oh, actually, it carries on. Or dollar ninety. I think it'll be a barbarian type game and high scoring. I see. Oh, so I see value in the no bet. A dollar ninety two. Okay, so he's gone no. All right, Cookie, you've given me food for thought. And no doubt, Beaver, he's the final selector, of course. So if you want to join in Beaver's Best, double eight, double three, get them in. We're encroaching on selection time. So if you haven't done it yet, send in your best bet for the multi and you could win all of the chocolates. You're on the run home. Um, you Feel free to ring us as well if you want to try and twist his, twist his, uh, twist his arm with your vocal cords. And you can ring us on the Makita uh, phone line, which is 0800 150811. And remember, Makita rule the outdoors. they got all the power garden tools to make your life simple. Text them in now. We'll be back after the break. You are on the run home. Staff and Beeve here keeping you company for the next hour or so. Beeve, just something I wanted to ask you about, actually, and it's it's come to light with just talking to Jermaine Tonor-Brown out of the industry. I find a lot of rugby players in New Zealand follow the NRL closely, like fantasy, know all the players. I don't feel like leagueies really engage much with rugby. In the, I can't understand why in Australia... Who, who would want to watch uh, <laughs> the Rebels play the fourth? Seriously. Um, and, and, to, and to be fair, like I've always said it, the, the broadcasting, the hype, the hoopla around the NRL, state of origin, they do a wonderful job of the game. Mm. They really do. And, and it's a simple game too. It's a simple game. And, and often the, the build-up, the, everything that's the dressing all around it, sometimes better than the game itself. Mm. But um, you know, like I, 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 lo- I watch a lot of league, mm. uh, absolutely. But I still, still, and call me biased, whatever. I still, if you give me a nine out of ten rugby union game and a nine out of ten league game, I know what I'm watching. If you give me a five out of ten rugby game and a five out of ten league game, I'm probably going to watch the league game because a five out of ten rugby game's atrocious. But I have noticed in the NRL over the last few years, especially when you get to sort of mid to late season, when the when two teams play each other that are outside the eight, you don't bother watching. Mm. It's uh, it's painful to watch. And with, the same would be said, as I said, watching Melbourne play the force. Um, excuse me, I'm changing channel uh, to Netflix. Yeah. You know? So, very, yeah, I think very quick, at the right level. Very quick truth serum test. 20-year-old yes. Beaver, yes. been offered a contract from the Chiefs. Been offered yes. a contract from Penrith Panthers. What one do you sign? Uh, all, all based on zeros. All based on zeros. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course it's the Chiefs. Of course it's the Chiefs. I'll find out the truth during the news, which is coming up with John McNeil. Great to have your company here on the run home. Big thanks to Maccas and Mac Delivery getting your favourites to your door. We'll come back after six. We've got some UFC coming up.
You are on the run home, staff and Beeve here. We've got an hour left to go. Let's have a look at the Macca's menu. Thanks to Mac Delivery and also the great crew at Bloodstone, uh, the Rotoflex boot where stability meets freedom to move. So in the next hour, very shortly, we're going to be talking some UFC. Um, get your Beaver's best in because that is coming to a screeching halt very soon. So if you haven't put in your, your tip for your Beaver's best, the four-leg multi is going to go on. Beaver takes the responsibility, you take the profit. Couldn't be simpler than that. And we're also going to give away a couple of prizes in the next hour. Uh, one for the, trying to find it, best uh, Beaver's best winner. Oh, we're going to call the winner. And we're also going to get the caller of the week um, with prizes deluxe. And we'll also touch on the uh, Aussie cricket test as well. But it's a big old time for Aussie with uh, UFC 284 making a return to Australia for the first time since 2019 and an absolute sporting hero in Australia, Alex Volkanovsky, who also has a tight connection to city kickboxing over here in New Zealand. We sort of feel like he's half us and half Australian. Has he bitten off a bit much, a bit more than he can chew with uh, Islam Makachev? So talk us through that and some of the other big fights on the card, very big welcome into an SEN colleague, uh, Dom Crinity. I hope I've got that right, Dom, but you've probably had a lifetime of it being mispronounced. Yeah, you are right. As having an Italian last name, I do get that mispronounced quite commonly. But no, good, good effort. Thanks for that. <laughs> That's cool. Um, when we see amazing fighters go up a weight class... We all expect these incredible athletes to just be able to do that. My lesson was when Israel Adesanya went up a weight class and got spanked. Are there any parallels in Volk going up against this Dagestan weapon up a weight class? Yeah, I, I think that's a pretty good comparison, doing Izzy up to light heavyweight when he did get absolutely spanked by Jan Blachowicz. Look, Volk might have bit off a bit more than he can chew here if he keeps the fight off the ground. He's got a real chance if it's just stand-up. But, I mean, Islam taking down uh, Charles Oliveira in their title fight last time out was not the best indication for Volk fans. Look, he's just... He's, he's a different breed, Islam, part of that Dagestani fighting crew. And, look... The weight difference might be a little bit too much, but hey, Volk's a, a former rugby league player. He's as tough as they come. Islam said he wants a knockout. Um, he wants to knock out Volk. I think he's smoke screening. He's he's going to submit him. What what do you think the best way? Let's go Islam first. What's the best way for him to win? And then what's the best way for Volk to win? Well, Islam uh, an Islam submission seems like the right way for him to go. But then we've seen when Volkanovski came against Brian Ortega, when Ortega had him in a, tr a triangle twice for about a minute straight, and Volk just simply didn't give up. So, uh, based off that, you probably can't submit him, and I don't think you can knock him out either. To be <laughs> honest, I think Islam's safest bet would just be to dominate Volk on the ground. You know, keep him down, get him in the up, uh, you know, keep him on his back, and. Don't necessarily go for the submission because, like I said before, it doesn't work out too well. So I think a decision is probably the easiest way for Islam to go. What's Falkonovsky's takedown defence like? Because he's going to want to stay on his feet. And as you mentioned, Islam's one going to take it down. Who wins that battle of wills? So I think Islam's got him there pretty comfortably. Volk doesn't necessarily defend takedowns as much because he's just as comfortable on the ground as well. Um, I think it could be a bit of a problem in this fight. And obviously he's, he's scouted Islam, you know, very, very heavily and he'll know what's coming. So 
Volk, as as a former rugby player, will have plenty of techniques to avoid the tackling down to the ground. But just don't don't give up your back, Volk. That's all I can say. You got some pretty big name Emmy and May fighters over in Australia. Robert Whitaker and Volk are probably the two big names in mainstream sport. Where does Volkanovski sit in in the mainstream sports media? I think that's kind of been the question on everyone's lips this week is that Volk just doesn't get enough respect from mainstream media and mainstream sport fans because he only fights two or three times a year. But I think with the UFC coming back to Australia and especially in Sydney and New South Wales, his hometown, he's getting a lot more respect from casual fans and people recognising him as, I'd say, Australia's greatest ever export in any combat sport, any form. We've got a few Kiwis on the card and there's some Aussies on the card, which is fantastic. I like the fact that UFC uh, do that. Uh, we've got a Kiwi, Shane Young, making his return. He last fought March 2021, so we're nigh on two years. He looks ready. He's in the best shape of his life, he tells us. Do you think we'll see a good performance and um, possibly performance uh, carry on this year if we see a good, a good performance from him? Uh, absolutely. Look, this is a really tough fight for him. Uh, Blake Builder is hasn't lost in his professional career, 7-0, and only had one draw. And look, for Shane Young, he lost to Volk in 2017, funnily enough, but this is probably a make-or-break fight for him. I think if he loses this, might be looking at you know heading out of the UFC or the UFC will probably cut ties with him. They don't like people with records that, you know, their losses are kind of creeping up to their wins and he's 13 and 6 at the moment. So this is a, a massive, massive test for him. And obviously his opponent coming through the Dana White Contender Series. So Dana White picks uh, those people that come from that series. He picks their opponents very wisely and he likes to give them easy fights, as you could say, but this is definitely not going to be an easy fight for him. I want to talk to you about the featured bout before the co-main. It's got Perth's hometown hero. I can only imagine the raucous crowd as he walks in. But he's a relative UFC newcomer, Jack Della Maddalena. I hope I've got that right. He's taking on Jamaica's Randy Brown. And he said he wants to break the UFC's, and I quote, shiny new toy with a statement win in his own backyard. It's Jack's biggest test of his career. How do you see this one playing out? Yeah, and, and you're right. Jack is really one of the next big UFC stars if he can beat Randy Brown. I mean, he's a fantastic fighter. He's 13 straight 13 straight wins as a pro, but Randy Brown's also on a four-fight winning streak. Look, Jack will obviously be motivated by his hometown crowd, but the last time a hometown, hometown hero fought in Australia, I think it was Robert Whittaker, and we all know what happened there with Israel Adesanya. So sometimes the pressure can be a little bit too much for these fighters, but I think JDM's the real deal and he can really, really push himself up the rankings with a massive win here. What about the rest of the card? Uh, are there any fighters that we may not have seen too much of, particularly from this, uh, I think there's just about 10 Aussies or, or so on the card. Anyone that stand out for you that we should have a look at that you might climb through the ranks and be contenders in the next year or two? Yeah, I think uh, the one that kind of stands out is Jimmy Crook. He's uh, been out of the UFC for about a year and a half because he was fighting for two years without an ACL. So he finally decided, enough's enough, I've got to get an ACL in my knee. And he's recovered from that. He's 12-3 and three, uh, as a professional fighter. He's, he lost his last two fights, and one of them being to the current uh, light heavyweight champion. So it's a tough fight. He's going against Alonzo Menafield. 
really, really tough fight for Jimmy Crute here, but he was ranked before he uh, did his ACL, so a win here could probably push him back into the top 15 and eventually make a run at what is a pretty open light heavyweight division in the UFC right now. Brilliant. Well, uh, another very, your final big job, Dom, is on Fridays, uh, co-host Beaver Donald here. He has a thing yep. called Beaver's Best, and we put on a four-leg multi-bet. Can you give us a, anything across this whole card of UFC? Give us a sure thing. Um, doesn't have to be long-range because it's part of a multi-bet. Which fight are you most confident in picking a winner, and you can even go by a method? Which one would you crack for? Uh, okay, um, this is a little bit uh, out of left field, but I'm going to give it to the headline of the prelim cards. I'm going to give it to Tyson Pedro, um, fighting at light heavyweight. And look, I'm going to go, re- if you can do a specific method, I'd go Tyson Pedro by rear naked choke. If not, Tyson Pedro by submission. Um, he's won six of his nine fights by submission, and three of those six submissions have been rear naked choke. He's an all-round athlete. He can win anyway, but he loves the rear naked choke. So I think I like that one in, Beef. What do you think about that, Beef? Oh, I like it. And we have got all the options available here. So, uh, no, I'm in on it. <laughs> yeah. That's worth a 10 if I've ever seen it. There we go. Hey, Dalt, brilliant to chat to you. Thank you so much, team. Thanks for having me, boys. Enjoy the fight. Cheers, mate. Um, I do enjoy talking to UFC pundits. Uh, Beaver, they're very well researched uh, and there's a science to UFC um, but it's also a very statistically accurate sport. Absolutely and I, and I apologise to, to Dom that I didn't come up with anything because I actually lost a bit of power to you. Smith, yeah, I you saw were, you disappeared. I saw you disappeared. You, you were doing such a wonderful job, I didn't want to <laughs> uh, come in from the darkness uh, but yeah they it's so much more than just a scrap, isn't it? Oh, You know, there's so much detail very clinical it would be the way you'd describe it. Even even the astute judges, where they're, where they're talking about, you know, what they're going to avoid, how they're going to how they're going to win it, and what have you. So no, fascinating. And did he say by submission, Tyson Pedro by submission? Because that's paying five fifty. I'm looking at and seven of his last nine wins have been by submission. So if you went, if you put a line through that and said, well, seven out of nine, that's about a dollar thirty shot. <laughs> Wow! We, look, you need to take a breath. You need to sip. On, you need to sip I on do. your chocolate milk, and just get real with yourself, Beaver, and decide whether you want to chuck that one in. It's at five fifty. Because what you can do with a five fifty in a multi, Beaver, you can go short not, elsewhere. You can go short elsewhere because you've yes. you've taken one big swing, and then it's just chip and part the rest of the multi. Correct. Correct. You, you're picking up what I'm putting down. Oh. Don't worry, I'm picking it up all right. <laughs> all right, um, we're not far away. So Beaver's Best, I think, do you do this just after the 6.30 news or do you make your decision before 6.30? Oh, look, uh, Steph, these two in the producer's box, I've got to give them about 45 minutes warning because two weeks ago they absolutely choked on uh, putting the bet on and we missed out on a sevens game that was getting played in Sydney. Oh. Uh, so, which in the end cost us and the listener thousands cost of dollars. Cost us nothing, Stan. Thousands no, I just of dollars. Saw that cost so, us nothing. Oh, here we, missed, uh, we missed the other three uh, legs. So, does not matter that we missed that one? You can't win a multi it. with only winning one leg, can you? You're not, you're not talking Mitch's millions here. You're talking Beaver's Best, which usually lives in that three out of four every time. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, Stan. 
I remember specifically Kim had a tip and it was Arsenal to beat Everton head to head. Right. And obviously you heard in Carlos's uh text in earlier for his Beavers Best this week that Arsenal lost to Everton one nil. So that's one leg down. And I can I'll try and think of the other one, but I'm pretty sure uh, there was a horse there was a horse race bet. I right? never, and I never bet on EPL. I never bet on EPL unless Carlos has told me. So you've uh, you're making up or you're getting confused with another weekend. <laughs> Look, can we take yeah. that offline? Okay. Can we yeah, I'll, I'll agree to disagree. Yeah, yes. everyone's going to agree to disagree, and I think it'll be the never-resolved argument in SENZ history. So Tyson Pedro, I gave Dom, who is a UFC expert, to pick mm. any fight on the whole card, and he could be conservative, and he went Tyson Pedro by rear naked choke. I'm wondering if that's there. Have they got a method of, I don't no, think. No, not to that length of detail. But submission at 550. All right, the last few minutes to get your Beavers Best in. We, I mean, they are still coming in. Uh, Beavers Best, Maven Bell, top four, 260. Kempi tipped it, and he has been on a roll this week at Tarapa. Cheers from John. And mm. I don't know what your thoughts are about that, Staff. Kempi has been on a tear. I will give him that. He's been on an absolute tear. This is his time of year when the tracks are good and horses, yes. you know, that no horses affected by the state of the track. This is Kempi's wheelhouse. Another one for Tarapa. Race eight. Horse two, Dragon Leap. Top six at $1.70. Fourth in the railway. Good record at the distance and track. Only has to beat half the field. Cheers, Ted. Ted, when you start... When you start looking at the things like that, beat half the field, a dollar seventy. Mm. I don't mind that myself. And fourth uh, in the railway, which is <laughs> leading sprint race in New Zealand against Seven. the best horses. Yes. Dragon Leap. I tell you what, Ke- um, Kempi's still here. He he's out the back. There's a bit of a barbecue going on at the back. Shall I go and ask him about that one and just say how confident are you? Yes. Shall Why I do not? that? Do that. Right. We will take a break. I'll go and quiz Kempi out the back. Hopefully he's coherent. Uh, the barbecue's been going since about two o'clock. <laughs> Not just the barbecue. No, he's doing more than just eating. I can give you the tip. So um, advice from Kempi after the break. More of a chat. Get your beaver's bests in, please. We're, um, beaver's got thumbs up. He needs one more. He needs one more. Double eight, double three. That is the Temper Bear Post text machine. It could be yours. It could be yours and you could be the winner. We'll be back after a break. Flow has a national team of technical and sales representatives leading the field with knowledge, sales support, service and delivery. Staying in to watch the sport? Let us cook. Get your Macca's favourites delivered with McDelivery. Hold on to your seats. It's the run home with Kim and Beeve. Almost want to keep this song playing till the falsetto part. Dream on, one of the great tunes, one of the absolute great tunes. I'd love to see it live in a stadium. Chuck someone up on my shoulders, put the put the torch on on my camera. <laughs> You've been going yes. to a few concerts, Beef, haven't you? I have of late. Yes. Uh, actually, I've been to obviously Guns N' Roses, and then 
I went for the highly anticipated in my own world, um, chili peppers. Mm. And for for regular listeners here on the run home, will know I was awfully deflated. Um, wasn't wasn't anywhere near what I dreamt it would be. And uh, Guns N' Roses absolutely smoked them. And as far as the performance uh, goes, and funny enough, the wife is actually uh, is off to. Little ginger tonight, actually. I was going to say, um, I would take Alex as a big Ed Sheeran fan. Yeah, she asked me if I wanted to go. You said, No, uh, I've got work. Yeah, I said, A, I've got work, and B, it's probably wasted on me. Um, (laughs) Lovely guy, I'm sure, Um, but just not. not, I think you want to be a real fan uh, when you start going to Ghana concerts and and shelling out your hard earned. So, no, not for me. Not for you? That's Uh, fair. Whatever, oh. uh, very excited. When I was at Guns N' Roses, I was talking to a few of the people at Eden Park, and this is tonight's going to be their first uh, centre stage. Ah, so it's going to be their biggest crowd. It's uh, I forgot what they said. So we're going to be able to pack in there, but well in excess of fifty odd. Yes, and uh, yesterday, yeah, yesterday we had um, Kaylee Bell on my afternoon show, and she's the uh, opening act for Ed Sheeran. And I gave her a fact that she didn't know. When they played in Wellington last weekend, she was playing to a bigger crowd in Wellington than the All Blacks have ever had in Wellington because they filled the field as well. They had yes. 50,000 at Sky Stadium. And I, oh, geez. And just talking to her, like she's a Kiwi girl from Waimati, which is where Manaya's from, which is how we got the contact. And I said, what's it like as a Kiwi playing in front of 50,000 New Zealanders singing along to your songs? And she was just... She couldn't put it into words. And um, and then we did the obvious what's Ed Sheeran like. Nicest human ever, as are all of the crew, the whole shebang. He just looks really normal, doesn't he? Comes across as it, doesn't he? Whenever mm. you hear him chat, mm. uh, whenever you, when he pops up at sporting things, he comes across as a hell of, hell of a good guy. Now, Steph, we are getting close. We are it's, very uh, close. I think they call it squeaky bum time. <laughs> where, uh, you know, you, you're really starting to panic. You're really starting to worry. Uh Anything, and, and I'm not talking listener tip here, I'm talking anything that in your weekend's uh, betting uh, schedule uh, jumps out and says, this is, this is great for Beaver's Best, I'm, I'm going to donate this wonderful winner. Well, with all of my years on the other side of the betting where you take on all of the punters, yes, I, I like um, tournament like a tournament that teams play week after week after week because the best pointer is recent form with yep. with combinations. So Six Nations last week, I, I I mentioned it earlier. As soon as I watched Scotland beat England, I looked at who they were playing, where are they playing? They're playing back at home. They're playing Wales who really – they had a reasonable start to the second half, but they couldn't finish. I think it'll take Gatland a while to reshape Wales how he wants them. Gregor Townsend has got largely a team of not no-names but semi-names, absolutely yes. collective, hissing back home on the back of beating England at Twickenham. And I said, I'm taking them points, start at home. I thought it would be about 10 it's only six and a half. That's just one converted try. Scotland minus six and a half, dollar eighty seven for me. That's my bet of the week. Beautiful. Well I'll I'll let the producers know that they can start to scramble through their T A B pages and uh, work out how to add that to the the couple that I've just already told them. It, funny talk about Six Nations. Isn't the Six Nations fascinating? Uh, people are telling us it's a pointer uh, to to the World Cup. I'm not sure. 
I think we're still so far out from the World Cup, although it's going to come around very quickly. I still feel that some teams are going to look poor in this and yet get out of their groups. You know, I'm looking at England and Wales. I, I, I feel that they can still be a factor at the World Cup, not necessarily win it, mm. but be a factor. I look at Scotland, and, and I hear what you're saying. The only thing for me around a team like Scotland is have they got the ability, be it mentally and historically, to go and have the high of winning at Twickenham, beating the enemy, the only enemy that they really, they would really burn on, to then go back a week later and do it again in Edinburgh. It's it's an interesting scenario. It's the same way that I'm not convinced that Ireland goes to Paris as your favourites, regardless if they walk in there as the number one team in the world. The same reason I don't think France are necessarily your favourites to win the World Cup because they're going to be a young team at home. They've never won the World Cup. How's that pressure going to go for it? So, so many, so many storylines around this. The Irish, France this weekend, heavily, heavily favoured the Irish. Dollar forty. You can get some good money around the, uh, good money around the uh, French. I haven't actually gone it in my Beavers best, but there's the try bet. I love a try bet. Yes. Uh, any team under seven points in a game like that to me looks quite juicy at two twenty five. Can I ask you quickly, having been part of an All Black team, Chiefs campaigns, NPC campaigns, and World Cup campaigns, how it differs a World Cup? It's like this massive flotilla of battleships all sailing into one island, isn't it? And it's it's just this massive arrowhead into the final, as opposed to a strung out season, playoffs, all that sort of thing. How different for a player is it? Well, obviously, as a player, it's the, it's the one tournament you want to be at. It's it's the one event. You know, it's all good and well being an All Black, but I think once you become an All Black, you're then looking at how far out you are from the World Cup because you want to be a, an All Black at a World Cup. Um, obviously, I I only had to play a couple of weeks of it. Um, would have loved to have played eight, um, but uh, I was only there for two of it. But certainly, everything's tenfold. Mm. I mean, you, you go to a press conference on a Wednesday or Thursday as an All Black, usually in the hotel, there'll be 20 press there. There'll be 25 30%. Probably not these days because they don't, so many of them just do it from afar. But in a World Cup, there'll be literally hundreds there. And as the rounds start to progress and the teams start to reduce, it becomes more and more. Everything just goes through the roof and the heightened pressure. That's why I'm still not convinced that a team that's never made it out of the quarters goes to the World Cup as a favourite and still a team that's playing at home and is young that's never won it goes to the World Cup as a favourite. Those, those are just two things hanging over why, and still why last year when the All Blacks were going the way they were, at $3.75, I jumped on them and thought they're still going to arrive in Paris as the bookie favourite. And, and there's nothing that's changed in my mind around that, Seth. Mm, good analysis, very good analysis. And I love the, the pressure aspect of a Rugby World Cup. France, they might respond to pressure, they might not. They might blow their biscuits. Ireland, as you say, they've really struggled to progress. They're probably at their best chance. But when uh, the plums are in the vice and they start turning the handle, can you respond? That's that's the big thing. And, and historically, go back to 2018. Tell me who the best team in the world was. Who was number one ranked team a year out from the World Cup? It was Ireland. Mm. What happened there? They lost to Japan. They were a shadow of themselves. They were an absolute rebel by the time they got to play the All Blacks in the quarterfinal where the All Blacks had a training run against them. 
um, it was a it was a non-event. I was there, obviously fortunate enough to be there at that quarterfinal watching it. It was a non-event of a football game. Mm. Brilliant beef. Right, we're going to take new sport and weather with Johnny Mack. And on the other side of this, we're talking about arrowheads all pointing to one perfect goal. Beavers <laughs> best to be announced momentarily. been looking forward to this moment all week the beavers best selection and i'm lucky enough to see on closed circuit television the stress the thought the consideration that stephen beaver donald has put into this beaver yours please well steph i think your presence uh, as i say your history your pedigree your presence has made this even more stressful because <laughs> it needs to happen um we can't have mr tab formerly known as, in studio, running the run home, and us not to get our eighth success on Beaver's Best. It's so gonna happen. It's going to happen. Now, the winner of today's golden ticket, and I say it as a golden ticket because Willie Wonka never gave away this much. <laughs> this is ridiculous. It, the winner is Jamie from Wanaka. I do believe we've got Jamie online. How are you, mate? Hey, guys. How are you going? Yeah, bloody good, mate. Bloody yeah. good. So, how confident yeah. are we? These Kansas City Chiefs and the man Kelsey, they're going to get the job done for us? Well, I've noticed all well, year he's been coming in quite often and sometimes first touchdown scorer. And the Chiefs, to me, are looking pretty tight. I know that everyone's into the Eagles, but um, I don't know. I just got the feeling the Chiefs are going to be too tough and hopefully he gets over the line. Well. So, no. I'm a Bills fan, but I mean, I'm yes, happy to, so am I. You know, My man. Yeah, I, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I love the Bills. I'd love them to win. They, they, um, but no, this year it's going to be tight. I reckon that the, the, the Chiefs might just get them. You know, so well, it'd be tight. Let's, let's hope so, mate, because it's a wonderful start yeah. that you're going to give uh, Beavers best. But in all honesty, it's going to be the, it's going to be the bringing home on Monday. And uh, boy, if we're three, right. for three. If we're three from three there, we are going to be all in. The chips will be in the middle of the table. So that's at 375 was Jamie's tip. Now, Steph's tip, and uh, I know, maybe arrogant of me. I only gave him one leg. Uh, and Well, I'll say we got, I gave him one and a half because we were both joint on uh, one that we're going to talk about later. But Steph's leg, Scotland, you just heard his analogies, minus six and a half. Wonderful performance at Twickenham. Go home to Wales, who have to be said were a rebel at Cardiff. But the only thing that worries me is the the Gatlin factor. And a week of Gatlin getting up here uh, <laughs> is not nice. And uh, dare I say it, that's the only thing that we're worried about there. But I'm all in on Staffy's 
minus six and a half, a dollar eighty-seven. So a nice, a nice paying leg of a multi. Then you go into mine, which is Italy, and I know it's a bit of a risk at Twickenham, Italy, but nineteen and a half, Italy forever improving. They had France in a bit of trouble with fifteen twenty to go uh, in the opener last week, and England. Even they will get the job done. I've got no no doubts about that. I just think that will be their mentality, Jamie. I think they will literally be trying to yeah. get out there and get a win. They will not be there yeah, to entertain. Right. <laughs> they won't be there to entertain the masses. They just won't, they just don't want to be booed at Twickenham, I think. So yeah. I, think, yeah. I think 20 points, Italy will keep it close. And this is the one me and Staff, we couldn't ignore from our correspondent from across the ditch, Dom Canetti. Uh, Tyson Pedro by submission. St- uh, staff for stats are remarkable, aren't they? Seven of the last Scott. nine, he's won by submission. Seven of his last nine. Yep. So it's an odds game. Is that over in Perth? Yes. Yep. And that's yep, pound yep, five fifty. Okay. That's pound five fifty. So when we chuck the fifty dollars bonus on from the great mates at the tab, we start. Uh, well, we start to hit record figures. It's if you if you back this in at home and put your own on it, it's. $3,614.03. Jamie, how confident are we, mate? I'm so confident. I'm going to take... I'm, I'm working tomorrow so I can have Sunday, Monday off to watch this come home. So I think... <laughs> and you know, you know what, yeah. Jamie? The run home is on straight after Super Bowl <laughs> finishes. So get ready to <laughs> oh, celebrate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm the, purposely working tomorrow. So <laughs> get the day off. So, well, if it, if it yeah, comes in, mate, you might take Tuesday... If it comes in, you might take Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday off too, I'd think, because uh, right. <laughs> she'll be some payday. Every, so, day uh, day, every day's a day off for Monica, mate. Yes, <laughs> there he is. I can imagine, mate. Yeah. I can only imagine. Okay. Hey, all the best, yeah. and uh, let's thanks, hope thanks, we ring boys. you up on Monday. Awesome, bro. Thanks, guys. Thank Cheers, you. Mate. Fantastic. Fantastic beef. That, there you go. Do you normally add up to sort of three and a half grand, or what's your sort of normal nah, sum you're chasing? We would usually we would usually have one of those maybe in there, so we'd probably have three dollar eighty shots, dollar seventy shots, dollar ninety shots, and then would have something with a little bit of juice to it. Mm. But having two at over obviously the three seventy five that's that's nice enough, and then bang a five fifty. But as you keep coming back to, old Dom Canetti, he could have had any tip in the anything entire, in the whole card, and that's the one he jumped at. Straight away. Just have to respect it. I tell you, um, we didn't respect Greg O'Connor. He was so sure in his horse. Uh, you've smirched him. You've burned him. Yeah, oh, d- don't worry. Don't worry. Greg's bets are well and truly on my oh, okay. mobile app. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yes. They always get supported. We're going um, to keep on the um, charitable theme, Beef, because uh, we are giving away. Now, Makita, they have got the best range of cordless power tools. Uh, they take you from the job site into your backyard as if you're your own tradie, and you'll get the job done. We've got a $250 Makita voucher to give away to the caller of the week, and he joins us now. It's almost like Christmas oh. on a Friday. Thomas, <laughs> welcome in, Thomas. Hey, guys. How are you getting on? We are good, mate. Now, in a strange twist of fate, a strange <laughs> twist of fate, you called my show. And you're winning it on this yeah. show. <laughs> I know, I know. I can't if, get away from you. If memory <laughs> serves me right, you were a first-time caller as well. Yeah, yeah, I've ticked in a few times. And uh, my mate, Rito, he, uh, I think he's a good mate of yours on the show. He, um, he's always given me stick that I need a ring. And um, 
when he actually saw his first hundred, um, I was sure my I showed some sheep with him then, but I was more helping him out. And uh, yeah, big shout out to Rito as well. <laughs> Good on you, Rito, for From getting into ring. And um, of course, you were talking about sending school kids straight out of school over to Japan to do their first two years of professional rugby in Japan, pair them up with the senior All Blacks that are all going over there. The, and it created a magnificent discussion. And that is why, Thomas. You win the $250 Makita, Makita price pack. Congratulations. Well, I'm not saying Makita. Brilliant man, Thomas. Yeah. Well done. No, we'll hear from you again. There he Thanks, is, Beef. Uh, yeah, it was an interesting tale he told, it, a, a theory about take the top 12 schoolboys, send them to Japan, two years professional development, put them on 80, 100 grand. New Zealand coaches, send a lock, put them in Brodie Retail teams, open up the pathway between Japan and New Zealand. Japan's got the money, we got the talent, make it work, start a conversation. Yeah. Well, it's, 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 I, like, I like the uh, mentorship yes. aspect to it. Mm. Um, there'd, be, there'd be concern that uh, they may never come back. Uh, <laughs> that would be my own. Michael worry. Leach, yes. Yes, yeah, that would be, that would be a concern, but uh, no. Fantastic around the mentorship. I love it. Wonderful. Well, that's Beaver's Best, and that's the caller of the week. We will come back uh, 7 o'clock is fast approaching. We'll be back after a break.